Jesus taught in parables. If there was ever a statement that's so obvious, so indisputable as this, it's this one. Jesus taught in parables. And in our story today about the parable of the sower of the seed, we're told basically that no one knew what Jesus was trying to say. They didn't understand him. In fact, he even says that he speaks in parables so that no one would understand. Well, this can be quite confusing. I mean, is this really true? Didn't Jesus want everyone to understand his message? Well, of course. But what he was trying to say was that there is many who would hear his message, and because of the hardness of their hearts, they would be close to understanding it. They will hardly hear with their ears, Jesus says. They have closed their eyes, lest they understand with their hearts and be converted. We only have to look around to read the papers, to listen to the news, to see that many, so many, are determined to not follow Christ, to not walk in his ways, to not be converted. But we see that though To those who truly desire to follow him, he makes clear the meaning of his message, even explaining it in detail to his disciples. So we have this familiar story, this fully explained parable, and shall we say it, easily ignored parable. Now speaking just for myself, I have to admit that when I hear a very familiar story from the scripture, I kind of think... Oh, I've heard this one. I know it already. I don't really have to listen very closely. But then that makes me like one of the people that Jesus talked about, doesn't it? That they would hardly hear with their ears. So let's listen today. Listen carefully to the words that Jesus speaks. Because our lives depend upon it. Our eternal salvation depend upon his word. For according to the Lord Jesus, if we understand with our hearts and be converted, he will heal us. Now, if you allow me, I'll share an experience of my own for a bit. In my 31 years of ordained ministry, and in a special way in my 25 years in as a prison chaplain, I've been an official sower of the word of God. And how vivid a memory that is of a broiling hot day in June of 1986, just moments after being ordained by Bishop Clark by the laying on of hands. He presented me the book of the Gospels and said, Receive the book of the Gospels whose herald you now are. Believe what you read. Teach what you believe and practice what you teach. Well, that's easier said than done. Well, not really, because actually preaching is the easy part. Wondering whether you're making any difference in people's lives is the hard part. Of the many, many men that I ministered to in my years as a chaplain in the New York State prison system, so many of them were left unchanged. So many refused to listen. So many seemed to accept the message of Christ and then turned away. How heartbreaking it would be to see one of my most involved men in the Catholic community go home and then commit another crime and come back through the prison bars again.
And only a few, only a very few bore great fruit, a hundred or sixty or thirty-fold. But keep on preaching anyway. Keep on sowing the seed. And this is not a pity party. No, it's a challenge. You see, Father Tedeschi and I really have the easy part. We're the official preachers of the word of God. We get to do it from this pulpit. I can preach here and say, I did my part. I feel good about myself. I can go home now and just take a nap. My work is done. But you're the ones, you folks in the pews, you're the ones who have it hard. You have the burden of bringing the word of God to those who need it. Yeah, and that's everyone. And you have to be more inventive, more creative than the clergy does. Because we have a captive audience. You've got to listen to me whether you want to or not. No one has ever thrown anything at me, even though I probably have deserved it a number of times. But you're the ones who are more directly in contact with the folks who need the message of Christ the most. You're the ones who are more directly in contact with the folks who may be lost unless they hear the message of Christ from you. But what can you do? Can you bring a portable pulpit to work? No, you cannot. You probably would get fired. It goes without saying, though, that the most important thing we must all do in spreading the good news of Christ, the saving news of Jesus Christ, is to live holy lives, to live lives set apart, lives transformed by grace, lives lived in a way consistent with our beliefs. The greatest obstacle, especially in our cynical age, the greatest obstacle to people being converted to Christ is when they see hypocrisy among his followers. You are being watched by those who perhaps are ready to believe and to be healed by the grace of Christ. But there's a lot more than that. We live in a society that's becoming increasingly secular. You know, truth is truth. It's not something else. It's not opinion. It's not an option. But today, so many believe that truth is what their political party says. Truth is what scientists says. Truth is what Oprah or Dr. Oz say on TV. Or much worse, what the latest celebrity says. And people latch on to that. Do not fall into that trap. I've already admitted myself that I can easily tune out a familiar gospel story or parable. Don't do that. Don't do that. Listen to the word. Allow it to enter into your hearts, not just your ears, and it will change you. It will heal you. Allow your own minds and your hearts to be formed by the gospel And then when you do talk over the issues and the troubles of this present age with your friends and neighbors and acquaintances and co-workers, the words from your mouth will be those of peace and of joy and of truth. And hardened hearts will be turned to Christ. Spend time in prayer, in the reading of the scriptures and in good Catholic books. How about a little bit of Christmas in July advice? Say Merry Christmas, not Happy Holidays. Send religious greeting cards. If you like to send Easter cards and it has a bunny on it, don't send it. 
It's the resurrection of Jesus Christ, not Bunny Day. And here's a real crazy idea. Be more like a Baptist. Invite someone to come to church with you. You know, I said in Lyons, I'm not going to ask people to raise their hand, but I suspect I wouldn't see any if I asked how many of you have ever invited anyone to go to church and a little girl raised her hand. But she was from Colorado, so what does she know? (laughs) But really, how many people ever do that? Invite someone to come to church. And perhaps volunteer to become a catechist to our children. Tell someone that you know that you will pray for them and then make sure that you do. It's so easy to say it and it's hard to remember. In our first reading, we hear the voice of the Lord through the prophet Isaiah make us a promise. My word shall not return to me void, but will do my will. But who will speak his word if not you? Who will hear his word if you do not speak? How will they come to salvation unless you invite them? For you may be the only gospel they hear. St. Paul in our second reading today, on his way to Rome to have his head chopped off, says, the sufferings of this present time are as nothing compared to the glory to be revealed for us. Be an instrument of that glory. Be an instrument of his peace. An instrument of his truth. And souls will be saved.